This is the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast, episode number seven. Home improvements, home renovations, home maintenance, home repairs, and all the other challenges of home ownership. Welcome to the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast. Hey folks, how's it going? My name is Doug, and on this week's episode of the Thumb and Hammer Podcast, I talk to Vicky from MyCrappyHouse.com. Now, I do introduce her in the episode itself, so I'm not going to do that here, but I would like to point out that this interview has been edited for length, and there is a very obvious edit about halfway through, which um, I apologize for. But this is a good one. I really enjoyed our chat, and I hope that you do too. So let's get into it. Here is my conversation with Vicky from MyCrappyHouse.com. My guest today is a 3D artist, an avid pool player, and a black belt in jujitsu. She's also a do-it-yourselfer who writes about renovating her crappy house on her blog at mycrappyhouse.com. Welcome to the Thumb and Hammer podcast, Vicky. Hello, thank you. So let's start with the obvious question. Your blog is called My Crappy House. Yes. How did you end up in your crappy house, and were you aware of the scope of the crappiness at the time that you moved in okay i was not aware of the scope of the crappiness i underestimated the project immensely i didn't expect to tear the whole thing apart when i bought it i just kind of thought i would spruce it up and move in but it was kind of a domino effect i started taking sheetrock down in one room and that led to the next and to the next and that it was like well i might as well just got the whole thing because I'm already in it. So yeah, it was a project that got way out of hand. And I, I ended up here because it was affordable because it is a crappy house. And the location's not great either. My, I live on a pretty busy road, so it's not ideal for everyone, but it enabled me to get a decent house at a good price. The bones are really good. It is a good house, but it had... Uh, crappy clothes, I guess. <laughs> the, the, the bones were good and the rest was not. So so was it a case of it was just neglected or? Um, yeah. Or- it, you know what? I think it was a rental property a few times over and rental properties tend to, they tend to be neglected. Uh, it depends on a, the landlord, but I've, I've rented a few places in my day and a lot of landlords just don't care. They'd get by on the minimum, whatever they need to do to, to make it legal. And they just don't put a whole lot of money or time into their, you know, their properties. And tenants don't, I mean, when I rented, I treated the house like, like it was mine, but a lot of tenants don't, they don't care. They, it's not mine, so it doesn't matter. And, um, they tend to just treat it kind of bad. So I I found a few things when I was gutting, I found a hypodermic needle under a radiator. Um, nice. A few other interesting items that I, I don't, I probably shouldn't mention, but yeah, it was the people that live there. I, I just don't think they were very classy. So the place was a little run down. So was this your first house? Yes. Yes. I was my, it's my first time owning a home. I rented for about, I'm going to say about 12 years before I, before I ended up purchasing. So was that an apartment or a home that you were renting? I had 
three different places. The first place was a really cool setup. Um, I lived on the North shore of Long Island in a duplex apartment and the house, it was a house and, um, it was on their main street and the front half of the house was designated to a business. The, the owner of the house had a, a um, central vacuum company. And then the back half of the house was my apartment. And I had, it was really cute. I had a little bedroom upstairs with, it was like a kind of like a cape. So the ceilings were slanty up there. It was made for a short person. A tall person would not have been happy there, but I'm, I'm pretty short. So it was okay. And then I had a living room, kitchen, bathroom downstairs, and I paid $675. Um, it was really, really a sweet setup. And then my landlord, who wasn't, he was kind of a jerk. He, um, his wife figured out he was kind of a jerk and kicked him out. <laughs> so he kicked me out so he could live there himself. After that, I lived in an apartment building, which was my least favorite of the three places I lived. Um, a lot of people coming and going, and I, I kind of hate people. I don't want to share walls with people. And the third place was my transitional place. After I left the building, I already knew I was house hunting. So my third place was, I knew it was going to be a temporary place and, um, turned out to be an awesome, awesome place. I actually put friends of mine in that, into that house because it was such a great place. The landlord was so, so nice. If if I had actually found him before I was house hunting, I might've just stayed there, but I had already made up my mind to buy a house. So I only lived there for about six months. So do you have any regrets with buying the house? I, I mean, when I first moved out, I had an apartment for a couple of years before I bought my first house. And while I was living in the apartment, I was in the same boat. I hated the, uh, the whole idea of sharing walls and mm -hmm. you know hearing plumbing noises at strange hours and stuff like that. It was a quiet building, but it was still, you knew that you were on top of people and people were on top of you and you were, it was that sort of uh, situation. Yeah. And I couldn't wait to get out of that. But mm -hmm. now in the situation that I'm in now, there are times that I, I really like the simplicity of the whole thing. You know, there's no. I can understand that, but I never, ever regret it. As much work as it is, I actually, just before we started talking tonight, I went outside and mowed my front lawn and cut bushes back. And I, I despise landscaping, like I hate it, hate it, hate it. And even through all of the, the maintenance with the house, I, I never regret it. I'm so happy I bought a house. I'll suck it up and do whatever I have to do to maintain. Hopefully one day I can afford a landscaper and push some of that stuff off my plate. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm not cut out to be a renter. I like having, and not even like owning a, a, a separate home. I, I don't want to ever even own a condo or a townhouse. I like having my own detached house on my own piece of property. It, that's, it's just, from my temperament, I don't have tolerance for people. And <laughs> a lot of people are so inconsiderate too. When you live in an apartment, people with their music at all hours of the night and dogs barking and it's nobody really thinks about the people they're living next to. And I, that drives me crazy. So yeah, I never, ever regret it. Even with all the expenses and everything else. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, expense wise, I pay less now for my mortgage taxes and insurance than I, than I did in the apartment building that I lived in. I, I should mention too, I, I, my cousin helped get me into this house. She's a real estate agent and, uh, she's absolutely fantastic. She got me 
a really great deal. She negotiated way down for me and she definitely hooked me up. Oh, that certainly helps. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I had so many family members that pitched in to help me and especially in the very beginning, but even since, um, you know, I told you I was, I underestimated the scope of, of the work that I took on with this house. And I, I thought that I would buy the house and I, in, I was going to move in two months from the day I bought the house. I figured I could gut the whole thing, remodel. I wanted to take walls out and remodel, put all the sheetrock back together, spackle, paint, have all the, tr I thought I'd have everything done in two months because I'm really, really stupid. I, I thought I'd do it all by myself. Wow. So yeah, I was I crazy, crazy. I don't know what I was thinking. So uh, my cousin, Tommy, who was the brother of my cousin, Denise, who is my real estate agent. He, uh, he was, he took pity on me. He was like, you don't know what you're doing. And so he came in and started helping me accomplish things. And I had some friends pitch in my cousin, Zig, just a whole bunch of people came in to help me in the end. And, uh, it was really nice. It was really great to have that kind of support. We ended up being able to finish half of the house. So all of the bedrooms and the bathroom were com like relatively completed. Sheetrock painted, new carpet. I still have trim work even now to do. But as far as um, being able to live in the house, I had it, I had some nice clean places to go. So it was pretty awesome that they came to my rescue like that. Absolutely. So you thought you were going to do all this work in two months? By myself. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> so what, what, yeah. What, what is your background in um, the building trades or anything like that? With, uh, None. DIY? None. <laughs> I, you know what? Um, I feel like I'm a pretty logical person. And a lot, to me, a lot of building and home improvement and all that stuff, a lot of it's logic. And... I'm not a stupid person, so what I don't, what I can't figure out, I can learn. Um, not to say that it's easy, but I feel like I'm capable of learning how to do pretty much anything that I that I would need to. And my my background is in I for what what I do with 3D. Um, I was an exhibit designer for a long time, and when you're designing exhibits, I don't know if the audience knows if they've ever been to trade shows and whatnot, but People think trade shows, they think like a folding table and a curtain and a sign, but the trade shows that I'm involved in, you could move into some of these exhibits, like two stories, thousands of square feet, they're, they're gigantic. So when I'm de designing things like that, I'm having to think of how is this going to be built? So I kind of have a, a brain for structure. And so, you know, maybe that's why I felt like I could tackle doing stuff in the house, but what it came down to with the house is just physical limitations. There's only so much that I can do physically myself. If I can do it, I will. I mean, I feel like I've accomplished some pretty big projects by myself, but the remodel, for example, was, that was just beyond me that, you know, you're talking about shoring up the ceiling while you take out a load bearing wall and put a, put a beam up in the ceiling. That's that all that stuff is just, I'm not physically capable of doing that. So that's where the, that's where my issues came up. But you were smart enough to do it the right way. Yeah. Or well, luckily um, my cousin right Tommy that I mentioned, he's, um, he's a contractor. He knows how to do all that stuff. And 
So he hooked me up the right way and was able to do all the remodeling stuff that I wanted and do it right. Yeah, because it's no secret on my website that the previous owner of my house, um, <laughs> I if, did he, if, he wanted, yeah. if he wanted a wall he, taken that's... out, he just took it out. It didn't matter if it was load bearing or not. Yep, that's rough. Because then you've got sagging up there in the in the ceiling, in the attic, in the, the roof. Everything starts to kind of sag in. And yeah, a lot of do-it-yourselfers shouldn't be doing it themselves. <laughs> so after 12 years of renting, you finally decided to buy a house. Now, I, I'm just curious about the timing. Was it the market at the time or was there a particular incident that prompted you to finally say enough is enough, it's time to buy a house? It wasn't the market, although the market was, was getting good, but it was bed bugs. I um, lived in that apartment building attached to people and I, I was waking up in the morning with um, these welts on my hands, like itchy welts on my hands. And I actually Googled bed bugs because, you know, living in an apartment, you hear about them, people getting them. And I looked on, I Googled and I saw pictures of them and I was like, oh, well, I don't have those. They're like, a, they're pretty big. They're like a quarter inch. They're bigger than people think they are. I'm thinking they're teeny tiny, but my God, like, oh, well, I definitely don't have those. I would know if I had those. So I don't know, within a week or two, I'm, I was reading in bed pretty late at night. It was maybe after two in the morning and my cat pounced on something on the comforter and I, I took a tissue and grabbed what it was and it, it, it popped and was full of blood, whatever this little tiny thing was. And so I got a little freaked out. I got out of bed. I looked around my sheets and didn't see anything. So I got back in bed and now I'm like reading, but a little bit like, what was that? And then a full size bed bug crawled out from under the pillow next to me, that quarter inch size bug. I became airborne, flew out of my room. <laughs> With the cat, I duct taped the door closed. I'm not even kidding. I duct taped the door closed. I sat in my in my living room with my computer, like furiously furiously googling bed bugs. And um, oh god, it was it was a nightmare. That that night was a nightmare. I it, the stories that you read, if you Google bed bugs, it's you it's just horror story after horror story about how people can't get rid of them and they're in everything. And so anyway, it was a horrible experience. And, um, I, my parents actually suggested, you know what, you, you should, you should buy a place. And I had no money. I was basically living paycheck to paycheck. I had no savings, but they, they helped me out a bit with that, what, what they could help me with. And, over, like once I made the decision to do it, I'm going to say the bed bug incident happened in maybe July of, um, let's see, what are we in? Maybe 2010, 11, 12. Yeah. 2000, July of 2010. And so I made the decision to buy and I started crazy saving. I don't even know how I saved as much. I saved like 10 grand by the time I bought my house in the following May, um, which I think is pretty good being that I was living paycheck to, I don't know where, where I found this money to save, but I guess I just really, I must've spent a lot of money on a lot of crap because I stopped doing that and was able to save a good deal amount of money. And, um, yeah, I also looked into 
programs because I had heard about programs on Long Island for first time buyers or I don't know, poor people, which I still considered myself. I still do actually now consider myself a bit poor, but um, there's a place on Long Island called the Long Island Housing Partnership. So I made an appointment to go see them and they had a program that was called the Employer Assist Program where you would ask your boss for money and then they would take whatever that amount was, triple it and add it to it. So I asked them, you know, why, why would my boss give me money? And they're like, well, to keep you. Like, well, he knows he's keeping me, but whatever, I'll ask him anyway. So I kind of worked something out with him, like in lieu of raises for the next couple of years, I asked if he would give me some money. So he agreed to do that. And um, the program tripled and added to that. And that made me qualify for another grant for renovation. And so I, I got a pretty good amount of money to help get me into my house. And the only stipulation is that I need to live here for 10 years, which I don't have any plans to go anywhere. So that wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So that's, that's how I, I I think any, you know, wherever anybody is, they should really look into their local community programs or, or, you know, see if there's anything available like that. They can't be unique to Long Island that, that programs like that are available or New York state. Um, I'm sure that, most states have some sort of a program that'll help people out. Then was this like a temporary stimulus thing or is it something that's still going on or do you know that much about it? They're a not, a not for profit organization. They still exist. Um, they, they do this for people every year. They get a certain amount of grant money from the state. And then I guess it's up to them to devise programs or, or I, I'm not really sure how it works to be honest, but I know they, they get money allocated to them from New York state and then help, you know, it's, it's about trying what they said. Their goal was, was to keep young professionals on the Island because I, you know, you, you can Google where the most expensive places to live in, in the United States are. Long Island is right up there. Long Island is very, very expensive. And so what happens is kids grow up with their parents, go off to college, come, come back with a degree, maybe can't find a job and also can't afford to move out of their parents' place because it's so cost prohibitive. So the aim for their program was to try to help young professionals afford a place to live so that it keeps that talent on Long Island instead of these smart college educated people going off to set themselves up someplace else where they can manage to make ends meet. So I kind of feel like um, I fit into that category. You know, I'm pretty well educated and I have some decent skills. And I, I like it here. I, I didn't want to leave the island. So it worked out well for me that I was able to take advantage of the program. And that's awesome. I'm actually on the, uh, I'm on their website right now. It's, lihp.org and is mm-hmm. the Long Island Housing Partnership. The link will be in the show notes. So you said you had no background whatsoever in uh, DIY before you bought the house. No, not really. No, although growing up, I, I, you know, I wallpapered my own bedroom. I would paint myself. You know, just little stuff like that. And I had um, both of my parents are they're DIY people, so I was raised to just. I don't know. We didn't, we didn't hire out 
for anything. So I was raised with that mentality. If you could do it yourself, you do. And um, my bank account backs that philosophy up. <laughs> so sometimes you, know, you have, just can't afford to hire out. Yeah, I really can't. I really can't. I mean, there are certain things that I'm, I, I you know, I'm not going to like spackling is one, for example, I'm not going to spackle my house because spackling takes a lot of practice to get it right. And I think if I did my house by the end, I'd be good at it. But the beginning would not be good. And I don't want to practice on my house. So there are certain skills that I feel are worth paying for and I'll, I'll, I will pay for them. But if I can do it myself, even if it takes me 10 times as long, I will do it myself. I'm kind of on the fence between DIY and hiring out because, you know, you can hire some really crappy contractors too. Yeah. You know, it's all, it's all rapture with the house. And yep. even if I don't know how to do it, I can research it and I can make the decision if I think I can learn it. It's going to take me a long time if I've never done it before, but I know my standards are higher than Joe Schmo contracting company that I'm going to bring in and pay. He's going to, he's on a, you know, a timeline to get it done and he's used to doing it. So he's going to slap it together. However he does it. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to take my time. The stuff that I've done I feel is like my trim work is better than the trim work that the contractor did for me in my bathroom because they do it all the time. It's like, bam, 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 done on to the next thing. I took like hours and hours to make sure my seams matched up and I'm properly caulked. And, you know, I, every project I take on, I have more confidence in myself that I do a contractor a lot of the time because my house means something to me. They're just doing it for a paycheck and they don't care about my house. I care about my house. So I'm going to do it right. And you know what's really annoying is when you do hire a contractor, the fact that you have a little bit of knowledge. They hate that. They hate that. <laughs> they hate, hate that. that. As soon as you question how they are doing something, if you say, you know, well, as soon as you invoke the name of Mike Holmes. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> they roll their it's eyes like, and like, oh, geez. Oh, exactly. Exactly. But you know what? This is my house. Those are my standards. Yeah. And you know, you know why, why, why I, aren't I you doing it? I had a contractor it? in the very beginning when I first bought my house. I told you I had some grant money. So I had a contractor do some work with that, with that money. So they did my bathroom and some other stuff. I didn't know anything then. I, I was afraid to go in my own attic. I didn't know anything about anything. I thought, oh, I, you know, I showed up with my pry bar and I'm a tough girl. I know what I'm doing. I didn't know anything. So he was rolling his eyes all the time at the stuff I was saying. He tried to, he installed a toilet. He told me that the toilet I picked wouldn't fit. So he had to pick a different one that was sized differently. And when I came down to see what he had done, it was three inches off the wall. Three, the tank was three inches away from the wall. I'm like, I've never seen a toilet like this in my life. He's like, no, this is how it's supposed to be. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like they just will tell you anything because you don't know what you're talking about. I I, I was lucky though. I had backup with the, because this was all done through the grant program, there were people who had to come and sign off. So a guy came to do an inspection and I'm like, is that right? He's like, no, that's not right. So he ended up getting the contractor back. But that's another reason to try to do it yourself because you learn on your own and there's nobody there making you feel stupid about what you don't know. You will know eventually. I know a lot more than I knew then. I don't feel stupid anymore. I just don't, I've never done it before. I don't know. But when you hire a contractor and they see that you don't know, they take advantage of that. And they maybe do a half job because they 
know that you don't know any better. You're going to look at it and go, oh, this looks great. And not realize that whatever they used underneath the whole, you know, pretty exterior wasn't the right stuff. You don't want to get taken advantage of. It's another reason to get good with the DIY. As I said, it's also, you know, when you do know how something is supposed to be done, nobody likes being told how to do their job. No, that's true. I would just ask questions. It's, it's, it should be within your rights as the homeowner to ask questions. Like, oh, how come you're doing it that way? Without because getting because this is the way it's like, always been done. Well, why aren't you doing it the way everyone else is doing it on the home improvement shows on HGTV? Mm-hmm. Because this is the way it's always been done. It's always worked out well. It's blah, blah, blah. A, yeah. few, a few years I, later, I a few years later, when the grout's cracking in the tile, it's like, well, you know, maybe I should have insisted that they put the uh, the Schluter membrane down instead of the way they did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there are things that he did wrong that now I know better. In in a shower, when you tile a shower and you grout all the tile, you're not supposed to grout the corners, like where the where the walls meet. That's supposed to be a line of caulk because houses move they move they 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 need to breathe they expand they contract your house is built with natural materials it's built with wood wood expands and contracts so if you caulk those corners i mean if you um if you grout those corners they're going to crack and my corners are all grouted so i had to pull that out and caulk it because it already started cracking you know within a few months of when he put it in they don't know everything we care about our houses more than they do. This so we true. do more research. and I get that it's annoying for them, but they're just going to have to suck it up. Paying them to do a job, I want to know why they're doing it a certain way. And if I find something that I feel is a better way to do it, I want them to do it that way. Absolutely. After I, after I hang up with you, I'm going to go through all of the crap that I'm going to be selling at my yard sale on Saturday. So I'm not, in, I'm not in a rush to go do that because I really don't want to, but that's what I'm going to do after. Raising money to pay spacklers, huh? No, the spackling's done. <laughs> this will be floor money. And making space because I have so much crap. I, I can't even tell you how much crap I have. I don't know where it all came from. It's like every, every time I moved, I doubled my crap. I, I, I don't... It's just baffling. And it's hard to part with some of it, even though I, I haven't seen some of it in years. It's been in boxes in my basement. But I open boxes and go, oh, oh, I remember this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know why it's hard to part with things. I'm trying to be brutal, though. I've you been have to be. Pricing things and boxing things, getting ready for Saturday. Hopefully everybody will just come and buy all my crap because I really don't want anything left over. Yeah, I know. When we, when we bought our second house, we were planning to move. I just loaded a bunch of stuff in my dad's basement. My mother passed away <laughs> in 2002. We were moving in 2003. He wasn't oh. using his basement. So, you know, I was like, hey, perfect. You know, we'll use that for storage. If he's not using it, great. So after he passed away in 2008, not only did I have my parents' stuff to clear out, but I also had our own stuff to clear out. So... We've actually had stuff in storage since 2008. Wow. You know, it's not like we had the clutter, we had the clutter around the house, believe me. But we also have like this huge storage locker that we've been paying for, for, um, well, let's see, uh, seven years. Oh my God. Do you is, remember what's in there? I know exactly what's in there. Boxes and boxes of stuff. 
<laughs> and some dining room furniture that we're not even going to use. We're going to have one heck of a yard sale when it's all done, but we're not even yeah. going to come close to making back what we paid for the storage. But then there's, you know, those few little sentimental things that you kind of forget that you have, but as soon as you see them, yeah, it's like, oh, I can't you get, missed, I can't get rid of this. Yeah. Plus, I feel my mother kind of looking over me like, don't you dare throw that out. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's, it's stuff. It's just stuff. It's really hard, though. It's hard to part with stuff. And then there's other stuff that I, I don't, I don't mind getting rid of, but it's not worth all that much. I just want somebody to use it. I, I, I don't want to throw it away because, well, I don't want this, but it's still good. I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird pricing stuff has been weird. Some of it, like I paid a lot of money for, and I know, you know, I can't, I can't get that money back. So some, that kind of stuff, I'm like, well, maybe I should just keep it. I mean, I paid 80 bucks for this and I'm only going to get like five. So maybe I should just keep it. And you know what? But that's stupid. You, you, you put, you know, it's an $80 item. You put $5 on it and they'll still talk you down to two bucks. It's like, I it's know. five bucks. I really? Overpriced five bu- my yard sale. I've, I've put in like bargaining money, bargaining room. And it's like, I'm charging a quarter for this. You really think I'm <laughs> going to yeah. go for a dime? Come on. I'll keep it for that. Yeah, I, <laughs> and then, you know, you just feel compelled to argue with the person. And keep the stuff to, um, you know, just to prove a point. It's like, I'm not going to let it go for that little amount of money. I'm going to keep it for myself. And yeah. the whole purpose of having the yard sale to begin with was to get rid of the stuff. I'd rather throw it away than give it to you for a dime. <sighs> I don't know. I could see myself saying that, actually. That could happen on Saturday. I, could, I, I think I could, like, I could get attitude with some people. Are you kidding me? I've seen the picture I, of you with a sledgehammer. Yeah, I'll destroy this right in front of you before I give it to you for that price. <laughs> Guess I should have my hammer near me. <laughs> yeah, so get, getting back to the other stuff we were talking about, there seems to be this trend. I, I, I don't know because I haven't followed these trends too much, but there seems to be more of a trend now with, with single women not only buying houses, but also fixing them up, them up themselves. There seems to be a lot of these websites popping up online, similar to yours, where... That's women doing all this work without the help of their husbands or boyfriends or whatever. It's them doing it themselves. Um, do you, yeah, I've noticed that. There's actually a couple of sites that I follow. I don't follow religiously because I forget to check and I, I kind of suck. I, I'm, not a, I'm not really good with following blogs, even though I have one. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not really a blog person, but um, Sawdust Girl is one of them. The, the, she's pretty talented. Uh, 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 Brick City Love is another one. Um, she's bit, she bought a, I believe it's a brownstone. I want to say in Philadelphia. I'm not quite sure, but nice old, old row house. And uh, she's been doing a lot of the work herself. So, yeah. And then there's uh, some TV shows too. Um, that chick on... HGTV, um, Rehab Addict. Oh, right, right, yeah, right, yeah. Re- Rehab Addict on HGTV. She's she's a tiny little thing, and she's she's made this her job. I would never want to do this for my job. People people say that to me, like, oh, wow, you you um you do that with your house. Can you come do my house? And I'm like, hell no, no, that's not a no, no. I had a producer contact me. Oh, really? Uh, somebody that does 
design shows for HGTV and DIY Network. I went to meet him in the city. Just, just not because I want my own show, but just because if a TV producer calls you and says, hey, you want to meet? You kind of have to say, all right, you know, I'm not going to not go meet a TV producer. But I don't know, you know, what we could possibly do together. I don't want a show where I go fix up people's crappy houses. This sucks. Fixing up a crappy house sucks. <laughs> I want it to be done. <laughs> so. Yeah, but if they shuffle you some money and they shuffle you the crew to help you finish your own house. I see, but th that's another thing. I, that, I did not, I don't want anybody. As much as this sucks, I'm doing this myself. I don't want HGTV to sweep in with money and a crew and, you know, fix up my house for me. That, to me, that would take away everything I've already put into it myself. I'm going to finish this whole thing by myself without outside help from, from anybody. The only thing I would take out help from is uh, yard crashers. If they could find me, like, in Home Depot someday, I would, oh, my God, that would be fantastic. Come and do whatever you want in my yard. Carp launch, awesome. But inside my house, I don't want them in my house. I already have a vision of what I want it to be. And I, I, I'm going to get there by myself. Now, if HGTV is listening to this, that's one out of two. <laughs> that's one out of two people in this interview who is not willing to let you come in and finish everything <laughs> for them. Um, my door is open just to let you know. <laughs> I hear you, but, the, the, but I'm, you know what? Even though you just said that, and it's a possibility that they might hear this, <laughs> I'm, I'm still, I'm still sticking to that. Yeah, I, I want to do it by myself. I don't want because once you start accepting money, then there's sponsorship, and it starts to change. It, it they become now they have a say in how things play out. And I don't want anybody to have a say in, in what the inside of my house looks like. I, I know what I want it to be. And I, I take pride in the things that I've accomplished so far by myself. And I want to be able to, you know, when this is all done, however many years it takes, I want to be able to step back and say, I, I did this myself. This, is my, this was my vision and I made it happen. And I didn't have, you know... All right, I have help, little help from family and friends or whatever, but in the big picture, this this was me. This this house is me and I did it. Wow. I it's just... it's really it's important to me. It's really important to me that I I stay true to to my vision. I don't want outside influences. I don't I, you know what I, I rarely ask for opinions either. Like I'll do it on my blog as a joke. I call them pointless polls. I'll ask my readers, you know, what do you think I should do? But I already know what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter what they say. I, and I, they know that. I tell them, you know, you, you can give me your opinion. I don't care what it is, but we're just going to, you know, have fun with it. I already know what I want. And actually, there, you know, I, I, decisions trip me up. I, I'm, there are things that I'm deciding on, but it's clear in my head. And I, I don't need anybody's input on how things should look. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it myself. and. It's going to be awesome. It's going to, it's going to be, my house is going to be freaking awesome when it's done. Absolutely. It will. Um, not, not, <laughs> you said earlier that you're not much of a blog person and that you don't follow blogs. So what prompted you to 
with your own blog up online? So yeah, I started posting pictures to Facebook and um, my friends would comment how awesome I am. And I like that. I like, I like when people are impressed by me. So I started the blog for two reasons. One, to have a broader audience of people that think I'm awesome because I really <laughs> like that. And the other reason was to try to help me be motivated because, I mean, I've gotten a lot done, but when there's so much to do, it's easy to be overwhelmed by everything and then do nothing. So I thought if I started blogging about it and I had people that were interested, that they would help kind of push me forward to, to get more done. And it kind of hasn't really worked. Um, my, my blog, I was blogging a lot in the beginning because I was blogging things that had already happened, but now my blog is caught up to the present. So my posts, are, they're kind of happening like once a month because it's, it's been hard to, to be motivated. I think my readers are starting to get like, they're getting annoyed with me because it's taking so long, but I'm trying to turn it around. I am, I bought a couch, so I'm trying to like make room for it and sell all my stuff. That's why I'm having the yard sale. So I'm trying to push forward and get motivated again. So it sounds like you're kind of in between projects right now. Yeah. The next big thing that like the next thing that's going to really make an impact is going to be the floor in my kitchen and my, my living room. I'm going to put a wood floor in there. But before I do that, I really kind of need to do the dining room floor because that one's going to be a messy project. It's going to be tile. I'm going to have to level the concrete in there because that part of my house is on a slab. And before I can do that, I have a pool table sitting in my dining room right now that's got to go in the basement. So before I can move it into the basement, I kind of got to level the floor in the basement and put a basement floor down because once the pool table's down there, it's going to be really hard to work around it, putting a floor in. So I have, I have like all these, it's a kind of a traffic jam of projects right now that's preventing me from getting to the one I really want to do, which is the living room floor. So I, now I'm taking the steps though. I've been cleaning out the basement. It's, it's just about empty. And I'm going to sell all that stuff, hopefully sell all that stuff on Saturday and make room. And then um, I can start pushing forward with, with all of those plans. I've already picked out a floor for the basement and for the dining room. So it won't be decisions that are holding me up. It's going to just be, you know, making room and getting all my crap out of the way so I can work. Before we wrap this up, I usually ask the same question of everyone I interview. And that is, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give to a new homeowner? The first thing that comes to my mind is, is to be fearless. I mean, it's just a house. It's not, you know, the worst that can happen is that you have, you have to hire out for something, but I, I would say just don't be afraid to try a project yourself. I mean, you save a lot of money, you learn a lot. You get to say, hey, I'm awesome. I did this all by myself, which feels really, really good. And worst case scenario, you fail and you have to hire somebody to come in and fix it. But there's really no no projects that are all that scary in a in a basic house. Like what I've done, there's I really haven't done anything that's so crazy that it made me afraid to do it. Well, you took out the supporting walls. 
I, I did, which again, that's, you know, we, uh, you we, know we gotta put, I basically yeah. hired out for that. So if something's over your head, you know, there's no shame in hiring out, but as far as, um, all, all of the other projects, I mean, it's not for everybody. It, you know, some people want to buy a house that's done and that's great. That costs money though. If you've got the money for that, that's awesome. You know, you, you picked a good job and yay you, <laughs> but if you're in the same position that I am and you don't have a lot of money, I, I would say, don't be afraid of a fixer upper. Just make sure that the bones are good. You don't want to buy a house that is structurally unsound. My house, it, it was cosmetically crappy, but the the structure was intact and, and a, it was a good, well-built house. And then don't be afraid to tackle projects. And so what if it takes a long time? Uh, you get used to it. I mean, when I first, I, I gutted the kitchen before I even moved in. And when I first set up my little crappy makeshift kitchen, the first time I cooked on my hot plate was kind of like, oh, wow, this this sucks. What am I going to do until I can get a kitchen? I've been cooking on that for like four years now. It's not a big deal. You get used to stuff <laughs> and it's really, you know, you just need the basics. You need a roof that doesn't leak. You need walls that are insulated in the winter and running water. And, you know, you just just do it. It's it's not that scary. Just just do it. That's that's my advice. Like Nike says, just do it. And is Nike going to have a problem that I just said that in a podcast? <laughs> I you like you never know they might. I mean, but then you're advertising would, Nike, so we, we actually should get residuals, right? I, well, why would they be upset? I mean, I, I said a good thing about them using yeah. their, their phrase, right? Just do it. Right. So Nike, if you're listening to this podcast. Um, right. I, I'm a size eight and a half, women's, obviously. And uh I'll blog about your sneakers, man. <laughs> I just bought a new pair of New Balance. So you can just send me a check. All right. Um, <laughs> I HGTV will hook you up and I'll get a pair of sneakers from Nike. <laughs> I want to thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate you having me. This was really fun. So why don't you remind people of where they can find you? your website, your social media, however else you can be contacted or want to be contacted? Well, it's mycrappyhouse.com. Um, I have a Twitter account, but I never tweet. So don't follow me there because you'll be disappointed. Um, I am on Facebook. You can go to mycrappyhouse.com and there's a, a, a link in the sidebar on the right to like me on Facebook. Every time, you know, you can subscribe to me, which is cool. That means you'll get an email every time I post something new. Not a bad idea since I post so infrequently, you might forget about me. So that'll be a little reminder for you. But if you follow me on Facebook, I also, I post there a little bit more often and uh, always link up to new posts on the blog. So you won't miss anything that way either. And um, yeah, but subscribe. Subscribing's the, the best way so that you don't, you don't miss anything. And I don't spam, you know, you'll get, only get an email when I post something. So once a month, maybe <laughs> be ideal if it was twice a month. I'm trying, I'm trying for twice a month, but right now it's, it's about once a month. I did it wrong. I did the blog wrong. When I, when I first started the blog, I had so much material of stuff I had already done. I should have, I should have paced myself a little better with releasing all of that. I could have, I could have had material for 
a lot longer, but I was posting like, you know, twice a week or, you know, at least every other week I was posting. So people got used to the, you know, the frequency of posting. And now they're like, what's the deal? Where'd you go? What's going on? And I'm still here and I'm not, you know, I, I love the blog. I'm still, I'm still blogging, not going anywhere. I love writing the blog. It's just trying to find things to post about. I, I don't want to just post about nothing. That That's even worse. So when I have something cool to post about that I think is entertaining, that's, that's when I'll write a post. And it's definitely worth the wait. Well, thank you. I hope so. I, re- I, I so enjoy writing it. I'm, it makes me happy that people like to read it. Right, well. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, that's a good way to end that. All right. Hey, wasn't that great? She's awesome, right? You can tell Vicky that she's awesome by leaving a comment on the show notes page for this episode at thumbandhammer.com slash seven. And you do owe it to yourself to check out her blog at mycrappyhouse.com. Now, I do have a little disclaimer here. It's really hard not to be inspired by Vicky's confidence and fearlessness. But please, please do not put yourself or your house at risk. Do your research. Have a healthy respect for the risks associated with whatever it is that you are doing. Be fearless, not reckless. So that's going to do it for this week. Um, Yeah. Uh, See you next week. Cheers. Cheers.